Chapter Eight of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter Eight. Tis a wonderful tale, my Stephen, but I must needs believe it, since I have thee before mine eyes, and I make sure that I am not dreaming at all. The speaker was Titus, and as he said the last words, he gave himself a vigorous shake, as if to prove to himself, beyond a doubt, that he was in full possession of his waking senses. The two lads were walking slowly down the lake shore, stopping now and then to throw a pebble into the translucent water which rippled on the beach at their feet. Stephen had been pouring forth the wonderful tale of his meeting with Jesus and the healing of Gogo and himself. And to think, he went on, that thou hast not seen him. Nay, but thou must see him when he returns to Capernaum. O oh, Titus, I love him so, better than anyone in the whole world. Better than thy mother, boy? questioned Titus, somewhat surprised. Yes, better than mother. And yet I love mother more than ever before, and thee also, my Titus. He loves every one. If thou couldst see his face, the night when so many sick folk were carried to him to be healed, I was half afraid to look, and yet I longed to, for there was a light upon it, like to the light of the sun, and yet not like it. And when he spoke to the blind man, he said to him, Go in peace. I felt in my soul that the man must needs see. No one could remain blind before the glory of that face. Thou knowest, continued Stephen, after a little pause, that we have had no religion. Father speaks of the gods when he curses. Mother told me once that she was of Jewish blood, yet hath she never gone to the synagogue, save once when she knew that the healer would be there. I would I knew something of the father of whom he speaks. One thing I know, he added with energy, I shall continue to follow him and listen to all that he saith, and perhaps I shall find out soon. Hast thou had speech with the man since he healed thee? asked Titus. Nay, answered Stephen. He is always surrounded with crowds, and so many would speak with him that I know not how he findeth time to take food. But I have followed him day by day here in Capernaum, and when, a few days since, he set forth to visit the villages round about, I went as far as I could with him. I knew the mother would fear for me if I failed to return by nightfall. Titus, I am sure that something is wrong with mother. She weeps often and so bitterly that I am afraid yet father hath been away, and I am well. Hast thou asked her what aileth her? queried Titus. Often and often, said Stephen. But she only answers, Thou canst not help me, my son, and why should I tell thee? Wilt thou ask her, my Titus? Perhaps, said Titus briefly. And now tell me what thou hast been doing, and where thou hast been, and let us sit here, in the shade of this tree, for the sun waxeth too warm for comfort. And Stephen threw himself down beneath a thrifty fig tree. Titus followed his example, 
and pulling a stalk of lilies which drew near he began plucking it to pieces throwing the brilliant leaves in showers upon the ground thou wouldst not do that hadst thou heard the master speak of the lilies said stephen quietly stretching out his hand as if to save the flowers and what said he of the lilies asked titus moodily continuing his work of destruction he said that the father made them and that if he cared for the lilies enough to make them so fair he would surely care for the creatures which he also made he said too that he himself came to teach us of the father who is great and mighty and who loves all of us humph said titus gruffly throwing away the dismantled stalk with an impatient gesture what aileth thee my titus said stephen tenderly taking one of the strong brown hands in both of his own thou dost not seem like thyself but come tell me all that thou didst while thou art gone twere not a fit tale for thee to hear said titus fixing a gloomy look on the white sails which glittered on the blue surface of the lake what couldst thou expect of such ruffians thou didst hear them talk the night we set forth i was compelled by brute force to do things which i will not tell thee nay may my tongue wither up in my mouth if i do he added fiercely i tell thee i hate dumachus and all of his crew they be devils and will make me one too when thou talkest in thy innocent fashion of this great healer as thou callest him i cannot tell thee how i feel he healeth the lame the sick the helpless while we have been robbing maiming yes even killing the last in a husky whisper and the lad buried his face in his hands and wept convulsively stephen sat in perfect silence all the happy light gone out of his face but at length he stretched out his hand and laid it gently on titus's bowed head thou wouldst never do such things of thyself my titus thou hast ever been tender with thy mother and with me in the dark days before i was healed i could never have borne it but for thee thou didst carry me in thy strong arms thou didst sing to me and tell me tales which eased of my weariness and pain thou art a good lad and a true titus he went on stoutly and thou shalt not go with those bad men again stay with the mother and me and all shall be well with thee titus had ceased his sobbing straightening himself half turning away his face to hide the redness of his eyes he said brokenly i am not good my stephen but thou art good enough for us both let us walk further yes said stephen springing up with alacrity it may be that we shall meet him of whom i have told thee a week since he set forth to make a circuit of the lake for i asked one of the fishermen who followed him at all times what fisherman dost thou mean asked titus interested in the mention of his own favorite craft they be simon with his brother andrew also james and john sons of zebedee dost know him i know who they are i have oftentimes seen them on the lake fishing and once one of them spoke kindly to me at the wharf 
they do not fish now said stephen they have given it up that they may not leave the healer i heard the people talk of it a rabbi in the crowd said good people this man selecteth strange disciples dost see it but the people paid no manner of attention to him they were too busy talking of all they had seen and heard then the rabbis love him not said titus with a laugh they be jealous for their own teaching the canting hypocrites i have heard them standing in the market-place drowning out their long prayers they must needs draw their own robes about them for fear such an one as i should pollute them with a touch but what is that crowd of people yonder about see them running from every direction let us make haste and see saying which titus broke into a run followed by stephen what is it all about i see nothing said titus to one who is craning his neck to look up the road knowest thou not answered the man that jesus of nazareth passeth this way even now he is coming dost thou not see and he pointed to a cloud of dust on the highway where dimly appeared a confused multitude of people thou seest that great numbers are with him continued their informant the people flock after him from every village there hath never been the like of this man in these parts before for he doeth wonders of healing and besides that he speaketh not as the rabbis but with such power that even the devils obey him i am one that he healed said stephen simply for he could not help telling his own story to every one who would listen the man stared at him and of what did he heal thee he asked i was a cripple began stephen but at that moment they were interrupted by a loud and mournful cry but wherewithal it was so strange a voice that they all started to hear it unclean unclean wailed the voice room for the leper shouted half a dozen voices and there was an instant scattering among those who were crowding the road in their anxiety to see stephen and titus shrank back among the rest and saw the tall figure of a leper as he limped painfully toward the advancing multitude still crying at intervals in his hoarse metallic voice unclean unclean his face was partly concealed by the coarse linen of his head covering which he had drawn forward so as to hide as much as possible the ghastly ravages of his malady but it was evident that he was suffering from an advanced stage of that disease the most horrible and hopeless which has ever afflicted mankind by this time the confused crowd of men women and children with jesus walking in their midst had nearly reached the place where the leper stood as they approached again sounded forth the dismal cry unclean unclean the advancing multitude shrank back leaving jesus standing alone in the midst of the highway when the leopard saw him and that he did not turn from him as did the others he ran forward and falling upon his face in the dust cried out lord if thou wilt thou canst make me clean jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying i will be thou clean 
and immediately he rose up and it was seen of all of them that his leprosy was departed and that his flesh was like that of the other men in the odd hush that followed jesus talked with him that had been a leper but in so low a tone that no other could hear afterward it appeared from the man's account that the healer was directing him to go quietly and show himself to the priest as moses had commanded thus fulfilling the law of cleansing and also that he charged him strictly to tell no one else of the wonderful thing which had been done him but as the man departed a great cry arose from all the people and they crowded about the healer more closely than before so that stephen and titus who stood still at the outskirts of the throng were pushed to one side was not that a marvellous thing said stephen when he could find his voice but titus did not answer and looking up at him stephen saw that his great dark eyes were brimming over with tears End of chapter eight